Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode of the Candlestick Kids is brought to you by Bet Online. All eyes are back on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. With the new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be your number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use the mobile app and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus. On your first deposit, don't forget to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, BELIEVE to receive your bonus. For football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. What up, Music and Potters? Welcome back to the program. I'm your host, Kai Guasco. This is another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 471. I'm joined by my man, Bobby Lamarco. We are breaking down the recaps for week five, getting into week six. We finally have bye weeks. We have four teams on bye this week. The Jets, the 49ers, the Falcons, and the Saints are not going to be playing this week. So goes without saying, but if you're new to fantasy football, you will need to find alternative options for those players. And Bob and I are here to give you a couple of names that produced pretty well over the weekend, maybe some guys that dropped, and what to look forward to in week six. If you have not yet done your waivers, feel free to dial it back one episode to 470. I broke down all my top waiver ads. I also gave a player to trade for and a player to trade away and also added a couple of extra players that might be on your league's IR lists. So guys like Jerry Judy, maybe Jeff Wilson, uh, you know Gronkowski, Jarvis Landry. Some of these guys may have been dropped, especially with bye weeks coming up. If they were dropped, make sure you go search their name and bring them up. Search their name, not the production projections because they won't come up if they're still out, but search their name. And if you can find a guy like that, make sure to put them on your roster. Once again, week five recap, week six, looking what to do here. Bobo, good to hear from you, brother. How was the weekend? Sorry, I was out on Sunday. Had a wonderful weekend with the missus. Celebrated the birthday out on the coast. It was good to get away for a little bit. We've been going nonstop since basically April here on this show. Uh, and, uh, you know, we have a no days off mentality around here. But felt good to get one with the family, man. So how are you doing? How was the weekend? It was good, man. Did uh, did our player trends episode Saturday. It was a key injury. Thought that was a really good show. Um, went way too deep. I was like, I lost myself in stats. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't do that every week. Uh, but it was fun. And then uh, Sunday Live was great. We had donated uh, $15 to Good Sports, um, which is great. Uh, we we rounded up for um, – we got over $100 from our t- donations this weekend. So we, we donated, of course, our 10% to the Good Sports Foundation. So make sure you're joining us every Sunday live for our Start Sit Show from uh, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. 10% of all your donations that go to the fan. I'm going to just say the candlestick kids fantasy focus podcast. That's right. I blended it both goes to good sports this is our youth charity organization. That's now part of our sponsor of our Sunday live start sit show. And we're really excited uh, to donate to them and be a part of their cause. 27,000 kits and 500 and 540,000 kids have been served and helped to play youth sports. So, Great cause. It was a great opportunity, and I think the I think the early Jets Falcons game hurt hurt us a little bit. You know, where we uh, I think people are watching. Fo- I don't blame you. You, you got you got to watch football. So if it's on at nine a.m. Uh, nine a.m. or six a.m. or whatever it was for us, you got to get up and just watch football. I get it. We understand. But come out this weekend. We'd love to have you. Love that. Yep. We got London games kicking off here, but we are going to be with you uh, right after kickoff. Really on Sunday, they start at six West Coast time. We are on. 7 a.m. West Coast time for the Sunday Start Sit Show. All right, Bob, we got a lot of teams to get through. This is the last week here until the very end where we have all slates to get through. So 15 games to recap. We'll go through it as quickly as we can. We already have some people piling in on the comments. We will get to as many people as possible, but we will save that for a break or at the end. So if you do have questions, feel free to jump in the comment section. 
But please know that we are going to roll through this episode as is. Stick around until the end and we will get to your questions. If we miss you or you dump, jump off, then feel free to DM us. You can hit Bob at Bobby Lamarco on Twitter and you can hit me at Sky Guasco on Twitter and we'll get to as many of your questions as possible. All right, Bob, are you ready to go here, man? We got a lot of lot of recaps to get into. We got to recap the week six, uh, five action, get into the week six action. And before we go into it, I want to talk about this now and hopefully never again. Uh, we didn't prepare for this, obviously, because we get breaking news all the time and things come up that we're not ready for. And certainly nobody was ready for the John Gruden issue. Um, I mentioned it on last episode and I didn't dive too deep into it um, because more information is still coming out. I generally don't bring up these type of situations until we know all of the facts. So I won't go too deep into this. But if anybody's tuning in and somehow you missed the games over the weekend or you didn't get the information during Monday Night Football, John Gruden was essentially going to be relieved of his duties as the Raiders head coach. So he decided to resign instead to save some of his face and namesake. Long story short, some emails came out, uh, misogynistic, homophobic, um, racist, uh, you name it. Um, John Gruden's been saying it over the last 10, 15 years. ESPN dropped the report. Turns out that John Gruden was sending these emails between 2011 and 18 when he was working for ESPN in the Monday night booth. Not a good look for anybody. Nonetheless, John Gruden out as the Raiders head coach. Bobby, I don't want to get too much into the semantics of what he said, what he didn't say. If you're interested as a listener and you haven't heard yet, please do your own research. I'm going to save that till everything comes out. I do, however, want to get your quick thoughts. Um, we get a special team, a special teamers coach coming in to replace Gruden here. What are your quick thoughts on the Raiders overall moving forward for fantasy? They started off red hot. Derek Carr was in the quick early um, MVP race discussion, but injuries and lackluster played the last couple of weeks. And now this with John Gruden, your quick thoughts on the Raiders overall for fantasy moving forward. Well, he got what he deserved. He should have been fired. I think it was a swift move by uh, the Raiders organization. I think it should have been done. And there's no question about that for fantasy purposes, moving forward. Listen, Derek Carr has been in this system for years now. So at some point he knows what he's doing out there. I'm not stressing too much about John Gruden from a play calling perspective, Greg Olson is not a good play caller. I, I don't, he, he was a Jags OC for a while. It was not great. I don't know if it was a John Gruden leading that way, but I listen, I think Derek Carr knows this offense so well from being in this offense since 2018, that he's going to be able to run it like he could no matter what. I don't think it's going to be that big of a problem from that standpoint. However, this is a big distraction. So it could be a problem in that sense, a mental thing, uh, just clouding their judgment. Not sure what they want to do. Is the season lost? You know, starts creep because they now they're coming off. They started off hot. Now they lost a couple games. Now does that creep in? Defensively, the the Raiders are actually playing pretty well. I mean, they actually have done enough under Gus Bradley with Casey Hayward in the back end, and you know that pass rush has been all right. So the Raiders are, I think, are going to just be another great whatever nine and eight, eight and nine team competitive football team. But I just think that the playoff hopes probably go out the window, not only because of the division, but because of the distractions of the John Gruden situation. I totally agree. I think you said all that very well, and uh, I also agree he got what he deserved. And um, it's unfortunate that we continue to have this stuff pop up in uh, sports and in the media. Um, and obviously, none of these celebrities or people who we deem famous are any different than you and I. They just happen to have uh, the namesake, right? And um, when things like this go down, it's really unfortunate. And as a fantasy podcast, we have an obligation to dish out this information. But over the years, you know, covering Tyreek Hill stuff, Joe Mixon stuff, Kareem Hunt stuff. Uh, the list goes on, unfortunately, and um, we have to bring it to you. But uh, worst part of our job, for sure. So good riddance to John Gruden. Uh, I assume he's going to be out of the NFL. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers took it a step further, took him out of the ring of honor for their Super Bowl win in 2002. Uh, so they're doing their part as well. But uh, very unfortunate. And for any of you out there on Twitter who are kind of putting out the, uh, you know, um, you know, who cares? Everybody says this kind of stuff. It was 10 years ago. Big deal, blah, blah, blah. Uh, unfortunately, um, you know, you may be part of the problem as well. All right, Bobby, let's move on here. Let's go to Monday Night Football. Absolutely, uh, other than the John Gruden news that broke, you know, early and then midway through the, the game there. Absolutely phenomenal ending to the game. If you somehow 
turned it off at halftime because it was a snooze fest. Uh, you missed a hell of a, a second half there. Ravens get the win, and the entire game, my you know, my, my lady is a, a big Ravens fan. So the whole game, she was like folding clothes, like, I can't watch, I can't watch, I can't watch, because the Colts were just running them. They were down 23-3 to and ended up winning the game. 31-25, Lamar Jackson, most passing yards, 442 in a game in Baltimore history. I was shocked. I thought Joe, uh, Joe Flacco would have more than that in a single game. But Lamar Jackson comes out hot. 442 and four touchdowns, no interceptions, 62 yards on the ground. Mark Andrews' career day, 11 catches, 147 yards, and two touchdowns on 13 targets, two two-point conversions as well. Hollywood Brown, nine for 125 and two on 10 targets. He stays absolutely hot, top five wide receiver. Justin Tucker, just three fantasy points there. On the other side, the Colts, 400 yards and two touchdowns from Carson Wentz, played very well in this game. Jonathan Taylor, 15 carries, 53 yards, a touchdown. Three catches, 116 yards, and another touchdown, 76-yard touchdown, boosted a lot of that. Marlon Mack, Bobby's been repping him for the last couple of weeks. I think they're showcasing him, maybe going to looking to move him at the trade deadline. Five carries, 47 yards. He does look to have that burst. Bobo, takeaways from Monday night game, and then what are we looking forward to with these two teams moving into week six? Well, from the Colts' standpoint, I think Carson Wentz, he he looked good. I mean, that's it was if you're a car if you're a Colts fan, you liked what you saw out of Carson Wentz. He's you know hitting Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman takes the next step. You know, Paris Campbell looked healthy for the first time all year, got a boatload of targets. Mo Alley Cox is just like a giant tree out there, just catching passes and dropping acorns or whatever trees do these days. Um, but yeah, basically it was encouraging. Plus the ground game just looked, I mean, it was one of the games I was trying to fade. Adjusted line yards metric, but Jonathan Taylor looked awesome. So that's encouraging as well. And this week they get the Texans. And, and the Texans, I think, are a better team than we thought, but they're still not great. So I think from a Colts standpoint, you're really excited about the skill position players on offense. Plus the Marlon Mack news. The Chiefs, for example, are inquiring about Marlon Mack. It could be big news. If Marlon Mack goes, Marlon Mack's worth is speculative that this guy in 12 games with Andrew Luck in 2018 had nearly 1,000 yards rushing. And then with Jacoby Beef Brissett running the show in 2019, he did have just about 1,000 yards. So I think he's a good runner. If he goes to the Chiefs with CEH out, I think he's worth a speculative ad to see if the Chiefs actually follow through. But Marlon Mack leaving is going to open the door again for Nye Hines and Taylor to get all that work and not share it. On the other side for the, for the Ravens, I think it's encouraging to see uh, Lamar Jackson as a passer lead them back and dominate. And that's – the other thing is Sammy Watkins went down with an injury. Could be good news for the sense of Rashad Bateman coming back and immediately getting some targets. He might have had to work for some work behind Watkins and, and Brown and, and Andrews. But if Watkins is going to miss extended time, you know how Watkins is with injuries too. Once he gets hurt, it just feels like he's just out. So I think from my perspective, I think that um, Bateman coming back is someone that if he's on IR, pick him up, stash him, see how it works behind Brown and Andrews. But Marquise Brown has been awesome. I mean – He's the post type. He's the poster child of post type sleeper. And then Mark Andrews, I talked about this on Saturday. He's finally getting the proper routes, which is leading to his increased usage. So I think that's exciting. The running back situation is a mess. I mean, Latavius Murray and and Williams is now back in the mix, and then Freeman was the preferred passing down back, and then none of them look good. I mean, it just doesn't look right, which is so interesting because this team has thrived off running the ball for years, and instead it's Lamar Jackson through the air, which has just boosted Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews. And their defense isn't as dominant as it has been for the last 20-plus years uh, right now. They're good. They're just not dominant. So it was good to see Lamar Jackson shed that monkey off his back, throw for 400-plus yards, and bring his team back uh, through the air. Very impressive there. All right, let's move on to Sunday night football. We'll dial it back one more. Big rain delay in this one between the Bills and the Chiefs. The Bills get the win here, 38-20. Smackdown on the Chiefs, frankly. Saw this one coming, called it out with Chris Benavides when we did our uh, previews on this one we both called the bills outright and sure enough that was the case here almost doubling up the chiefs which is very interesting 315 yards and three touchdowns for josh allen dawson knox three catches 117 and a touchdown three touchdowns in his last couple of games patrick mahomes two touchdowns he's patrick mahomes but is he still patrick mahomes ceh goes on ir in this game stefan diggs emmanuel sanders is the one catching the the touchdowns here, 
Bills dominated on defense as well. Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill both held in check. How do we feel about the Chiefs and Bills? Well, from the Chiefs side, it's just interesting that bad Patrick Mahomes is still really good. So I think <laughs> from that perspective, I understand that he's still like the QB1 in fantasy. So, I mean, really, I get it. But at the same time, like, I think they're Andy Reid, just wait till the bye comes, guys. Once Andy Reid gets his bye, he'll get his mojo back, and they'll figure out exactly how defenses are slowing them down. So, if anything, these guys are all by lows. I'm not stressing about them at all. But the interesting is behind Kelsey and behind Tyreek Hill, no one's emerged. No one's been consistent. Josh Gordon, listen, he had four routes last week. So that's not a lot, but he got on the field right away. I, I think I still think he's a speculative ad. I think he's just someone you just put there. Miko Harmon and Demarcus Robinson and Byron Pringle have not done a thing to earn that number two wide receiver spot. So I think Josh Gordon, just on the bench, deeper stash, whatever. Running back-wise, CEH going down is big news. The Marlon Mack news about him coming over is huge. But Darrell Williams is the speculative ad. He's the guy you want. He's the one that got all the looks. Um, but also Darrell Williams was getting more work the year week prior anyway. I talked about this in our Player Trends show on Saturday. He was he got double-digit carries the week before. So something worth noting that Darrell Williams was already earning more work. And now with the CEH injury, I think you got to go out and get him if he's on free agency. Um, on the Bills side, the thing I find is interesting. Stephon Diggs, man, this is, this is really concerning because – he was third on the team in routes. So it was Emmanuel Sanders, Dawson Knox, then it was Diggs. Even worse than Diggs is Beasley. He fell behind Zach Moss in routes last week. This is not Beasley is not going to be able to be a consistent PPR asset if he's running less routes than the running back and tight end. That's something I thought was extremely interesting. Plus, this is for Dawson Knox. His he is this is a different ball game. I, I've repped this for the last couple of weeks. It's all about his usage. I was like, wow, this is why I went from not thinking about Dawson Knox too. All right, I buy it. I get it. You know, he's throwing it in my face. Like usage-wise, this guy is out there constantly. He ran one less route than Emmanuel Sanders, and that's just leading him to be a solid player. Plus Moss, one again, another step in the right direction. 24 routes to eight for Singletary. I think that's that's why Moss is a buy for me for fantasy purposes. Let's move on here to the Sunday slate. Bears, Raiders. Bears get the win. 20-9, to nine, Justin Fields throws his first touchdown pass. We have Khalil Herbert, my man, 18 carries, 75 yards. Raiders offense not looking good here. We just mentioned the John Gruden stuff. We don't need to dive into all that again. Let's talk about it from a fantasy standpoint here. Uh, Damian Williams also did pretty well sitting in. At Darnell Mooney and Allen Robinson at this point, non-factors, unfortunately. Um, they get the first road win in Vegas since 2007 for the Bears, but uh, both of these offenses looking pretty inept right now. Yeah, and Jesper Horstead, just to stick it to you, got the touchdown, folks. Not, not, <laughs> not. It wasn't. It wasn't Cole Command. It wasn't Allen Robinson, Darnell Moody. A little Jess, Jesper Horstead gets you going on the touchdown. So that's just another stick in the craw. But also, I think the biggest takeaway from the bear side is Khalil Herbert. I mean, eighteen carries. I mean, that's legit. Definitely someone you should probably go pick up in deeper leagues, and even in I would say twelve team leagues, you could probably pick him up because it looks like him and Damian Williams. They're going to be focused on the ground game, and Bill Lazor knows what he's doing there. On the Raiders' side, I, it's listen, that was a bad matchup for Derek Carr. Better days are going to be ahead for him, uh, especially in a, in a division where he has the Chiefs and the Chargers who are going to put up points. So I think he's going to see better days. But I think Henry Ruggs is someone I really like. He led the team in routes, tied with Darren Waller, 40% slot usage. So he has this really unique usage of him, so I like that for him. And he's actually producing. Like, his bad games now are like, Three for 50, three for 55. Like last year, it was like one for 10. Like, so it's seeing that development for him is good news for his fantasy value. And then Josh Jacobs, listen, I know you're the anti Josh Jacobs guy, but at the same time, for some reason, they paid Ken and Drake, and I don't understand why. Don't get me started. 19 routes for Josh Jacobs to six for Drake. So Jacobs is not even getting the pass game usage, which is good news for his fantasy value moving forward. Yeah, well, without John Gruden, we'll see how they mix things up a little bit. But I think that's a big mistake among uh, a few there in Vegas. Let's go out to London Town. We had the uh, the early game, again, 6 a.m. for us on the West Coast here. The Jets and the Falcons. Falcons get the win, 27-20. Most receiving yards, 119 in a game by a rookie in London. Kyle Pitts finally breaks out here. Nine catches, 119, and a touchdown. Matt Ryan, 342 and two. Patterson keeps it going for the Falcons. Man, this is just a, a great game to see the offense for the, the Falcons come back back to back weeks. 
looking to get cooking here. They should get Calvin Ridley back, who was out uh, in this one for a personal matter. They're on a bye. Both of these teams have a bye this coming week. We have bye weeks now. Again, Jets, Falcons, Saints, and Niners on a bye. So we don't have to have too much looking forward to next week, Bobby, but maybe just one quick takeaway here that we can save and pause for next episode. For the Jets, it's that Jameson Crowder and Davis are the one-two easy. Seven and six targets, no one else over three. And on the Falcon side, listen, no Russell Gage, no Calvin Ridley. It was a nice game for everybody, but Pitts, there's going to be more competition for targets, especially on the Pitts side. I know this is crazy to say, but like, I don't know, maybe you should sell Pitts a little high here, maybe package <laughs> him, because I feel like it's just huge game with no Ridley, no Russell Gage against a Jets team that has been very susceptible to tight ends this season I just think that and then for Cordell Patterson still only 14 he he basically was used as a receiver in this game 14 of his 24 routes were out wide so they basically used him as a receiver as their third receiver that's not that's going to change once they get Russell Gage and they also get back Calvin Ridley so maybe this is the time to stir up some of that trade interest for these kind of guys I like that good call let's bring it back stateside here for the Packers and the Bengals 25-22 in overtime Packers get the win. Our boy, man, Lil McPherson thought he had a chance, hit the flagpole. Crosby missed three field goals in this one, Bob, and they still get the W there for the Packers. Devontae Adams has 11 catches, 206 yards, and a touchdown. Jamar Chase, 159 and a touchdown. He's the clear one. I love my boy T. Higgy, but the, the relationship there from LSU is the truth. We saw it from day one. It's happening. T. Higgins has been limited and out last couple of weeks. Jamar Chase is the number one there. I'm a little bit worried about your boy T. Boyd, but I'll let you get into that. Aaron Jones, over 100 yards as well. The first road win in Cincinnati for the Packers since 1998 with your boy Brett Favre. All right, so the Packers side, listen, they're getting banged up. Kevin King is now hurt now, Jair Alexander on the outside, and we saw Jamar Chase totally take advantage of that. Maybe that gives some hope for Darnell Moody and Allen Robinson next week because this team is really banged up in the secondary. Aaron Jones, he actually finished third on the team in routes, and he was second in targets. So interesting development. When MBS was out, it's really become Devontae Adams, one, two, and three, and then it's like Aaron Jones. (laughs) So that's an interesting development, at least for his fantasy value. He hasn't had that blow-up game since week two. But, hey, if you if people are – if you're able to get Aaron Jones, maybe pair an RB2 and a wide receiver two to get Aaron Jones right now, I would. Absolutely. Bengals side, yeah, it's clearly Jamar Chase. But my thoughts on Tyler Board, I made very clear last week. I'm actually concerned because his schedule gets really tough for slot receivers rest of the way. So I'm trying to be optimistic. But I think this week kind of made me realize that behind Chase – Maybe the fact that there's going to be better games for game flow and they'll have more high volume games, but at the same time, I'm I'm willing to package and sell Tyler Boyd uh, if I can based on the rest of season schedule. Yep, I agree, man. It's tough to let you guys go. Uh, I think the analysis preseason was correct, but Jamar Chase, man, we can't deny him blowing up there. So you got to read the tea leaves and make adjustments. Let's move on to the Lions and Vikings. Vikings get the W here. Nineteen seventeen emotional press conference. From Dan Campbell. And look, man, I feel for the guy. Um, I know a lot of people make fun of him because it's football and people are dicks. Uh, But this dude's an NFL player. He's a coach for a long time. This is a young team. No expectations from this squad at all. They get Jared Goff. um, No defense. Little weapons on offense. They have played and had a chance to win every single game that they've been in this year. They just haven't done it yet. I think Lions fans have something to look forward to long term but they get goaded again last minute. Joseph gets a game-winning 54-yard field goal as time expires. Vikings get the W. Alexander Madison stepping in for Dalvin Cook once again. 25 carries, 113 yards. Justin Jefferson, 7 for 124. Swift, 100 total yards and a touchdown again. Uh, again, another great NFC North close game here. The Lions can't get it done. And look, man, it, it doesn't matter at this point who is the running back for the Vikings that's going to be the focal point of the offense. Dalvin Cook dominating when he's out. It's been Madison. Yeah, and Quintus Cephas from the Lions side is now injured as well. This is tough because, listen, teams are taking away TJ Hawkinson. If I'm a Hawkinson owner, I'm concerned. He's not producing now because he's the focal point. Two for 22 this week against a Vikings defense that got eat up by Max X Williams just a couple weeks ago. That's concerning to me, uh, especially because he's a, it's a good matchup. Amon Rossi Brown, though, is now looking like he's he's getting the routes now. They're trusting him more. He actually had more routes 
than Khalif Raymond this week, which we talked about a couple weeks ago. He had seven for 65. It looks like they're starting to give him a little more juice. And we've talked about this preseason. No one targets the middle of the field more than Jared Goff. So this could be something in a PPR format. Maybe I'm on Ross A. Brown hit waivers. Maybe you could pick him up now because of the injury to Quintez Cephas. On the Viking side, if you're the Dalvin Cook owner and you don't have Alexander Madison, I think you have to pay up and go get him. So here's the, here's my thoughts, guy. Let me ask you a quick question. You're the Dalvin Cook owner. You don't have Madison. Would you give up Mike Davis to get Madison? Yes. I don't want Mike Davis anyway. All right. Miles Gaskin. Absolutely. Javante Williams. Yes. Uh, let's see. Jamal Williams. Yes, but Jamal's my guy. But I would do it for Madison. Okay. I'm going to do one that's a little bit harder. Chase Edmonds. No. If I, if I have Cook and he's just not looking healthy, then maybe – uh, but Chase Edmonds is still an RB2 in his own right. Yeah, I just think that's important. Like, you guys might need to pay a little bit of a premium, but you might want you, you got to go get Madison right now. Absolutely. I agree. I just think it's going to be too difficult to do because now he's an RB1 in his own right and he's a backup somewhere. It's like, it's like telling yourself, like, okay, I'm going to go get Kareem Hunt because he's Nick Chubb's backup. Well, he's not. He's the number five running back in PPR right now. So he's, he's but, not a backup. But so let's say one thing on here, though Hunt has standalone value, Madison doesn't. If Cook plays, Madison does not really get the work. So maybe you're right in the sense, wait a week, see if Cook comes back. If Madison only gets five, six carries and Cook comes out of that game healthy, that value drops and you can get a better better trade target for that week. So that's a good idea. Right, I agree. Let's move on here to the Broncos and the Steelers. Steelers get the win 27-19. Najee Harris, fourth Pittsburgh Steelers running back since 1970 to have 120 rushing yards and a touchdown in a game. He's the fourth rookie to do that for the Steelers. Chase Claypool and Sutton both go over 120 yards and a touchdown. First game this season with Big Ben throwing more than one touchdown. Juju Smith-Schuster dislocates his shoulder. He's going to have surgery. He's going to miss four months. He's probably going to miss the rest of the season because of that. Uh, we love Deontay Johnson. 15 and a half PPR fantasy points per game when he plays. Double-digit tar targets in every single game that he has played. Chase Claypool obviously stepping up at that number two. Najee Harris going to get that short area targets. Do you feel okay about the Steelers overall with Juju being out? And on the Broncos side, is it just the same conversation? You split touches in the backfield. Sutton's the number one. We're just waiting for Judy. Yeah, I think from the Steelers side, I think Najee Harris owners, listen, you just – good for you. Touche. I mean, Juju missing time, Claypool missed the game, Deontay Johnson missed the game, and it just looks like that Big Ben's just dumping it down to him. Second in the league in receptions for running backs, third in targets. I mean, if that's third fantastic. In, third in PPR fantasy scoring for running backs. Yeah, I mean, listen, it is what it is. If he was going to get that kind of volume in the past game, then that's good for him, good for him overall, but I'll accept my fate there. But Juju Smith used to being out. One thing I thought was interesting, Chase Claypool saw 40% of his snaps in the slot this week versus 15 the weeks prior. That's a great development. I don't know what's going to happen between him and James Washington. Who's going to take over primary slot duties? If it's Claypool, big slot, I like that a lot for him. But it also could mean more two tight end sets. I could put Pat Firemuse maybe in some like deep dark throw leagues if they throw more two tight end sets out there overall. And then for the Broncos side, listen, I think you're right. I think, listen, Sutton and, and Pat, Tim Patrick did very well. They actually nine and ten targets apiece the next player had four so it's them two and then everybody else so judy gets back fan didn't really do much but he played the steelers we talked about fading him gordon and javante williams i mean it's a 50 50 split and like i said on my player trends show play them in good matchups sit them in bad steelers were not a good matchup you sit them the week prior bad matchup you sit them because they're splitting work 50 50 and even gordon 22 routes 13 for williams it's it's too much of a split so play them when they have good matchups that's my only advice Let's move on here to the Dolphins and the Buccaneers. Buccaneers, big win here, 45-17. Tom Brady, first time in his entire career. I thought this was interesting. 400 passing yards and five touchdown passes. Now, he's thrown for over 400 numerous times. He's thrown four or five touchdowns or more numerous times. First time, though, he had 500 passing yards and five touchdowns. And even though <laughs> he's not with the Patriots in the AFC East anymore, still dominating. The Dolphins, poor Dolphins fans. Brady, 411 yards and five touchdowns. Brown and Evans each score twice. Fournette is the number one in the backfield now. Miles Gaskin played well in this game, but it's a sell-high opportunity for me. Tua Tungavailoa looking to be reactivated from the IR this week. Let's keep an eye on those practice reports. 
but Jacoby Brissett got banged up with a hamstring issue. Should be going to Tua if he's ready to go here. Let's start with the Bucks. Is Ronald Jones droppable? Yeah. Well, let's say, I mean, listen, for the Bucks side, yes, Ronald Jones, you don't need to have him anymore. Leonard Fournette's the guy. And listen, even from Fournette's perspective, in good game scripts, he's the passing down back. 28 routes to five for Geo. Uh, to, to eight for Geo. That's a huge discrepancy. Five targets to two. Geo did find the end zone this week, but it's Leonard Fournette's the guy in when it's neutral or they're in positive game scripts. It's only when they were down to the Rams that Geo became a factor. So I love Leonard Fournette moving forward. Brates, listen, the, the Gronk, it looks like they're playing the Eagles this week. No Gronk, but I am not uh, buying Cameron Bray. He actually split work pretty even with OJ Howard. 20 routes versus 42 for Evans. That's less than 50% of the first dropbacks. Not feeling that too much. On the other side, listen, Miles, Ga- uh, Miles Gaskin, 10 targets on 22 routes. That's insane. But remember, no Devontae Parker, no Will Fuller. Um, outside of Mike Jaziki, you know, Preston Williams was making some plays. Jalen Waddle, hey, it is what it is. I think the Bucks defense is very susceptible to out wide and also pass catching running backs. So maybe that's what factored into all this. But like you just said, sell high opportunity. And I'm a little disappointed in Waddle's production. Thought he'd be a little bit better, especially because of no Parker and Fuller. I did too. All right, we're going to take a break really quick and give a shout-out to one of our newest sponsors. Bob and I are going to pop off just for a second. We're going to give a shout-out to Carafactor. We'll be back in just a minute. Hair loss. There are many options out there for treating it. However, most products treat the cause, such as DHT, and don't do much to support the growth of new and stronger hair. It's like removing harmful weeds from your lawn, but not doing much to fertilize the grass. At Carefactor, we saw this problem and focused our research on finding just the right combination of biosynthetic growth factors and innovative delivery system to promote fuller, stronger looking hair. So whether you're a customer who suffers from various forms of alopecia or even stress-related hair loss, the Carefactor treatment is the perfect scalp-friendly solution that can help influence stronger and healthy hair throughout all stages of the hair life cycle. And now, exclusively for TCK listeners, use the promo code TCK at checkout to get 15% off all products at shop.mycarafactor.com. That's shop.mycarafactor.com. Carafactor, skincare for hair. All right, moving on to the Saints and the Washington football team. 33-22 win here for the Saints, Alvin Kamara more involved. Like to see that over 100 total yards, two touchdowns. Antonio Gibson, two touchdowns. Jameis Winston, four touchdowns. And Callaway, two touchdowns. One of them being a Hail Mary at the end of the first half here. Again, the Saints going on a bye, but what we can look forward to with the Washington football team. Yeah, Curtis Samuel banged up again. Uh, That's really tough. Sam Cosby, one of their offensive linemen, got hurt too, but. Listen, 20 carries for 60 yards for Antonio Gibson and two touchdowns. Touche, Antonio Gibson. I knew you weren't <laughs> going to be on the ground, but rushing for two touchdowns helps. So yeah. whatever, man. I, I I can't. Whatever. It is what it is. But Ricky Seals-Jones was my biggest takeaway. Second on the team of routes, eight targets. He looks up to be taking over that full-time Logan Thomas role. I think he's someone you could definitely pick up and stash if you need a tight end, especially if you're the Logan Thomas owner and you, you, did, you struggled this week for tight end help. On the same side, Deontay Harris – gets hurt right away, and then Marcus Calloway becomes what we thought he might be preseason, four for 85 and two. Harris was starting to look like the one, and then he goes down early, and now it's basically Marcus Calloway, but now there's a bye week, so probably nothing there. Taysom Hill, same thing. He got hurt in this game. Might have been opening more opportunities for Alvin Kamara, uh, some other playmakers, because Taysom Hill plays that weird hybrid role. So we'll see where it comes out of the bye, but overall I think the biggest takeaway is if Harris is out, Marcus Callaway could be a sleeper in week seven. Get a lot of questions about Michael Thomas. Bobby could be coming off of the IR here in the next couple of weeks. Are you trading for Michael Thomas or are you not interested right now? Nope, I'm good. Okay, let's move on here to the Eagles and the Panthers. Eagles get the win by a field goal, 21-18. Hurts, two touchdowns, rushing. Darnold, three interceptions. He's come down to earth after the first three games going absolutely fantastic. Last two games have been sobering. Chuba Hubbard, over 101 total yards. We could get Christian McCaffrey back next week. Devonta Smith leads the passing game for the Eagles. The Eagles defense, three interceptions in a game for the first time since 2019. So maybe they're turning it around a little bit with Darius Slay and everybody else here. So the Panthers started red hot this season, 3-0, dropped the last couple of games here. 
Eagles, you never know what team you're going to get, but this is a big statement win for the Eagles. Yeah, I think I think the other thing too is the Miles Sanders, Kenny Gainwell situation. It's really really brought down Miles Sanders. Gainwell has played decently well, but the touches are still there for Sanders. But they the lines destroyed. They lost Lane Johnson. They lost two of their offensive guards. It's not looking great for them at all offensively. Jalen Hurts just is a fantasy garbage time dynamo, my friend. I mean, <laughs> it looks so bad for it. It's like you're three quarters in. You're like, I should have taken Tom Brady in the round earlier. And then sure enough, he gets like 20 points in the fourth quarter. So always great. Stick with Jalen Hurts. Fantastic. Devonta Smith and them, um, they look good. But I think for the most part, Dallas Goddard's on the COVID list. Zach Ertz is a pro- premier waiver wire pickup this week. Especially going up against the Tampa Bay Bucks, who are very susceptible to tight ends this season. Panther side, I think it really just all starts with CMC. When he comes back, it just opens up the dynamic of that offense because now Robbie Anderson's your third option. You don't have to rely on Ian Thomas trotting himself out there, and Tommy Tremble makes me tremble thinking about throwing the ball to him so much. But the thing is, like, that's going to really open things up for Sam Darnold um, and also open things up for DJ Moore. But I think one bat down game is not a problem. So keep riding DJ. He should be fine. All right, let's move on to the Titans and the Jaguars. Titans get the win here, 37-19. Big win for the Titans. Jacksonville has lost 20 straight games, third longest streak in NFL history. And uh, Urban Meyer is uh, also in the news for other things. So not looking good for Jacksonville. Unfortunately, Trevor Lawrence will have his day, but probably not this season. James Robinson, however, 18 carries, 149 yards and a touchdown shocking why they even took Travis Etienne. I know he's a great player, but this James Robinson kid's legit. They struck gold here. Uh, we'll see what happens with Etienne when he gets healthy next year. Derrick Henry, 130 and three touchdowns. Yardage, it's, it's crazy to say not as high as you thought with 130 yards, but the three touchdowns was massive. And then pretty quiet day uh, passing for each of the squads. Tennessee's defense steps up there as well. So with A.J. Brown getting healthy, Julio Jones still on the mend. How do we feel about these squads? You know, a question came up. I'm just going to bring it up now because they asked about Jamal Agnew. And listen, I don't know what the deal is, but for some reason, Jamal Agnew and Tavon Austin were the preferred targets than Marvin Jones and LaVisca Chanel. Don't know why. This is why I don't like this. Is what, this is the definition of love-hate fantasy football because Marvin Jones leads the team in routes, does not get targeted. They're playing the Titans. The Titans have been getting destroyed all year. LaVisca Chanel, I was pumping him up. Best slot matchup you could possibly have. He catches one pass, big pass for 58 yards, but that is it. Listen, if you're in return yard leagues and Agnew's out there, I'm grabbing him. Return yards? Absolutely. Let's do it. But on top of that, it just it's interesting. It just it makes it very difficult. Thanks, Bars and Tuck, for the question. We appreciate it. But it makes it difficult to trust if Chenault and Marvin Jones can't get it done against the Titans and how much they struggled. When are you going to trust them? So they're on your bench. I think Marvin Jones is even droppable because I think after this week they have their buy and they got Miami this week, which is they got Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. I don't think I'm starting Marvin Jones anyway. So if you need to drop him, I think you can, even though he did lead the team in routes. A guy that I like is Dan Arnold. He actually pops up second on the team in routes in only his second game, eight targets. So if you're desperate at tight end, Dan Arnold is someone that, until my boy James O'Shaughnessy comes back, could be someone who fills in for you maybe even next week against the Dolphins. On the Titans side, A.J. Brown, I think he's still a buy low. He led the team in routes and targets. Yes, it was Jacksonville, but it was his first game back from injury, and the same thing happened last year. He missed early on in the season. A.J. Brown was a disaster. From week five on, he took off. So I think if you could get A.J. Brown and buy him, I would still, because things will get better, too, with Julio returning at some point. Moving on to the Patriots and Texans. Patriots squeak one out here against Houston 25-22. Davis Mills, my man, starting to wake up. Love to see it. 312 yards, three touchdowns. Interesting to see what they'll do here with Gerard Taylor getting healthy, but this could be the third year in a row Gerard Taylor is supplanted by the rookie. We'll see what happens. Damian Harris banged up in this game. We'll see what happens with him long-term. 14 carries, 58 yards, and a touchdown. I mentioned Ramondre Stevenson as a pickup on the waivers. I still feel you should target him. Chris Moore is the guy here with five catches, 109 yards, and a touchdown. We knew Bill Belichick was going to eliminate Brandon Cooks because he's the only noteworthy option on the offense there. He was obsolete, but Chris Moore, who you may never hear of ever again, uh, was five for 109 and a touchdown. Anything to take away from this one? Well, I think Damian Harris injury is key. Ramondre Stevenson, great call there. Um, he looked didn't look great, though, 2.1 yards per carry, but – 
he's going to get the touches if Harris is out. So we'll see. Hunter Henry, here's the interesting wrinkle here. Hunter Henry became the solo artist at tight end. What I mean by that, 20 routes to six for Johnny, eight targets on the week. Now that's something we can work with. I think if Hunter Henry is going to start getting more work closer to the leader receivers and he's going to be the true tight end one, he can build off this performance. So maybe he is starting to separate himself from Johnny as they move to more three receiver sets. On the Texans side, the only real takeaway really for me is David Johnson actually ran routes this week. Believe it or not, he ran at least one through four. He ran a route on less than 50% of Brandon Cooks's routes. Last week, 22 routes to 30 for Cooks. So maybe he's starting to become more of a cemented passing game back, getting more work there. I don't know, but something worth noting. Okay, moving on here to the Browns and the Chargers. This was a thrilling game. I think the Sunday night and the Monday night game and Thursday night were all phenomenal in primetime. In the main slot, though, this was the best game of the week here. The Chargers and the Browns back and forth all game long. 47-42 for the Chargers. Everybody going off in this one. Justin Herbert, 398 and four touchdowns. Ran one in as well. Mike Williams, 165 and two. Eckler has three touchdowns. Keenan Allen had a good day. Nick Chubb, 161 total yards. Kareem Hunt gets in. Baker Mayfield did well. David Njoku had a career day as well. Uh, fantasy points all over the board, Bob. Can we sustain this with two of these teams moving forward? Well, the notable thing is the Browns lost three starters in the secondary. Yikes. In this game, so Yikes. definitely showed because you look at those Mike Williams touchdowns. He was just wide, wide open. Oh, yeah. Like, so it tells. I mean, touche world. Uh, I wrote an article about why Mike Williams is a tough out wide matchup. And then sure enough, every Browns quarterback gets hurt. And they're just like, hey, Mike, why don't you just screw over that fantasy football <laughs> X factor and catch this touchdown? It's cool. But, yeah, listen, it's it's good news for Herbert. Um, yeah, I know the injuries happened. But, hey, listen, he performs when he needs to. It was good to see Baker and them compete at a high level and keep in a high-scoring game, but it's the ground game that builds them. I mean, when you got Chubb and Hunt just dominating, I mean, Hunt does it. He just finds the end zone constantly. I think – I know this is this is not going to be a popular opinion, but I'm always going to tell you to sell high on Kareem Hunt because he's scoring touchdowns at an insane, unsustainable rate. And if you can get a comparable RB1 for him, maybe if you package Hunt and another player and get a comparable RB1 like a Zeke Elliott – or someone like that, I think you could, you should consider doing it, just saying. On the Chargers side, really what it comes down to is Mike Williams is, is arrived. I mean, it's it's a thing. It's him and Keenan Allen, and Jared Cook is the next guy on the list for routes. And then Austin Eckler finally just putting it all together, receiving work. I mean, if you can get all – I think Austin Eckler is probably a top five back rest of the season. Would you agree? Yes, I would. All right. Baker Mayfield, three career losses – when scoring 42 or more points, that's the most in the NFL, man. That just goes to show you the defensive lap there in Cleveland over the last couple of years. Going to your Giants and the Cowboys, 44-20. Unfortunately, the Giants get a shellac in here. Daniel Jones goes out with a concussion. They lose Saquon Barkley to just another fluke, wrong place, wrong time, blown up ankle. I sprained my ankle the, the same way, uh, and... Um, it was trouble. Uh, a couple years ago, I had a big ball on the side of mine that you saw there as well. So tough day for the Giants there, but we do see Kadarius Tony go off for 10 for 189. Saquon, DJ, and Galladay all hurt, though, in this one. On the other side for the Cowboys, 302 and 3 for Dak. Zeke, 110 and 2. One receiving there for Zeke Elliott. CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper both score as well. Big fireworks for the Giants. Cowboys, or excuse me, big fireworks for the Cowboys. Giants in trouble. Yeah, Barkley, Kenny Galladay, Daniel Jones, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton. I mean, we're. I mean, I think we gravitate towards each other, Sky, because you're the West Coast team that gets hurt all the time. I'm the East Coast team that gets hurt all the time, and we're just like, you know, let's just how team wonderful up. is that? Let's team up and just be together in our God. pain, and that's why we get along so well. I mean, Barkley's a fluke, but I think Devontae uh, uh, Booker is someone that you should definitely target. I'm sure you brought him up earlier today because he, they use him as a workhorse as well. So that's good to see from a backup running back because he performed very well. Um, if it's Glennon, I mean, Glennon showed a little bit last year to put up some points. Uh, but I think the biggest takeaway for me is Kadarius Tony's the real deal. I mean, this kid looks so good running routes. The other thing I like about Tony is that he's doing on the outside and he's doing it on the inside. So if Shepard comes back and kicks him out wide, he's shown that he can win on the outside, which is just – I think the problem for me though is he's gonna take Slate in spot. Are they gonna or are they gonna give Slate in the veteran treatment? Here's the veteran bump. 
and he's just still going to be fourth. But Tony is just legit. So pick him up, stash him. I think that's legit. Dalton Schultz. I brought it up on my Player Trends episode on Saturday. It's it's here. It's arrived. 27 routes to eight for Jarwin. It's not a 50-50 split. They were three routes apart, weeks one through four. And now it's just diff- – It's I've been trying to get Schultz in all my leagues. But there is a but. When Michael Gallup returns, does that bump him down to fourth yep, in the pecking order? So it could be something where you, in the interim, if you need a quick tight end fix, you bet you get him, and then you sell him when Gallup comes back, just in case he falls to fourth. Michael Gallup's a great name to mention. I did not mention him yesterday in the waiver wire pickup, and all those guys off the IR uh, that I mentioned earlier. Jer- you know, Jerry Judy, uh, Jeff Wilson, maybe Gronk if he was dropped, Jarvis Landry, guys like that. But definitely take a look for Michael Gallup too. That's a great call. We do have a quick question here from Mister Jones. Odo Beckham obviously played for the Giants, now with the Browns. We just covered both those teams. Quickly, Bob, should I drop Odell Beckham Jr.? Depends on for who, but honestly, if you drafted Odell, you have to be patient. The guy's coming off a serious injury. We knew. I mean, Pro Football Doc has been talking about this for a couple of weeks now, saying Odell's not 100%, and Odell would not probably be playing if Jarvis Landry didn't get hurt. So, And the other thing is it's not Odell. I honestly implore everybody to go look at the highlights. Odell's wide open and Baker's just throwing it 50 feet over his head. I'm not, It's not an Odell problem. I'm not even joking. There's been multiple plays where the ball's just whoop and he's just wide <laughs> open. So it has nothing to do with Odell. There's just something off about Baker and Odell specifically. Yeah, I agree. So don't, so don't drop him. Do not drop him. Final game here, Bob. We're going to get out of here. We'll go to my Niners and take care of my loss this time. We talked about your Giants getting bamboozled. At least the Niners made it close, and they contained Kyler Murray. 17-10, the Cardinals get the win over the 49ers here. DeAndre Hopkins not having the huge catching or yardage totals, but he does score this week. Six for 87 and a touchdown. Trey Lance, 89 yards on the ground, but he does come up gimpy. They have a bye week this week as well. The 49ers hopefully gets healthy, but it's probably Jimmy Garoppolo coming out of it. Kyler Murray, 239 yards and a touchdown, so slow day in his standards. And James Conner scores once again. Five touchdowns in three games here for James Conner. How do we feel about the Niners and Cardinals? Well, I, I want you to answer the question because I feel crazy, but I want all the Eliza Mitchell shares I can get. Sure. Uh, I think I think last week kind of showed the 9-1 to one ratio, but it just kind of got buried because the offense didn't look too great. But his usage, I'm like, if Jimmy G comes back and they go back to what they were doing, so and plus the buy, I think you can get him real cheap. What do you? What's your thoughts on Elijah Mitchell? I totally agree. Until Jeff Wilson comes back, Mitchell is the one that I want. Okay, and then on that too, Trey Lance getting hurt is it going to be Jimmy G like you just brought up earlier. Uh, is that going to be their cop out to go back to Jimmy G? I'm not really sure, but I think the biggest takeaway for me is that it's Elijah Mitchell's backfield going forward until Jeff Wilson comes back. On the Cardinals side, Max Williams going down is a bigger ripple effect for a guy like Rondell Moore. Maybe you'll see more four wide receiver sets, and plus he ran more routes than Christian Kirk. I think you could, if he got dropped because he didn't have a lot of usage, I think you scoop him back up, and I think he might be a trade target because if Max Williams, the next guy is Dan Daniels or Daniels or something, and he's not a pass catching tight end, so it could be four wide, and that could be big news for Rondell Moore being on the field more. Got it. And of course, George Kittle out on the IR as well. So you didn't have him this week. Hopefully he gets healthy moving forward. I will say Brandon Ayuk was at least targeted significantly in this game. I think that is coming if Trey Lance can continue to take over, but probably Jimmy Garoppolo moving forward. All right, Bob, that wraps up the week five recaps and looking forward to week six. We did have one more question here. Max Beckwith tuning in on YouTube. Shouts out to Max. Thanks for tuning in. Should I drop CEH? And the caveat is, in a six-team league, six-team league, Bob, these rosters are massive in this league. Should he drop CEH? Yeah, I would need to see for who, but it's close. I mean, the problem with CEH is that he did look the part, though, the last two weeks. And then they had a tough game against the Bills, and he got hurt. I, it's not an extended injury, either. It has. It wasn't a big injury. He'll only be out a couple weeks. But what if they trade for Marlon Mack, and Marlon Mack's involved now, and they have Darrell Williams circling in. So, um I think I'm not dropping him just yet because the Bills matchup was a really tough one. Plus, he got hurt in it, and the two weeks prior, he was great. So, no, I'm not dropping him unless the six, that option's really good, but I doubt you're going to find a guy better than CEH. I agree there. Back to the Cardinals. First 5-0 and start since 1974 when they were, of course, the St. Louis Cardinals. Bobo crushed it out, man. Week five in the books. Week six coming up next. We got a whole slate of shows left for you. We got Buck coming up. 
next week. He's going to take a week off here. We got Jordan coming out. Of course, Chris Benavides joining us later this week, and Buck and I will be back with you as well. Before we get out of here, we want to give another shout-out to one of our newest sponsors. Once again, Carafactor Skincare for Hair. Make sure you check it out, listen to the ad once again, and you can get some percentage off there to help out with your hair follicle needs. Appreciate y'all tuning in. Have a wonderful rest of your Tuesday evening. And if you're listening to this back on Wednesday, then enjoy hump day and get over the rest of that week. Bob, any last thoughts on week five? No, I'm ready for week six and uh, (laughs) I'm looking forward to a fresh start. Best of luck on your waivers, my man. We'll talk to you next time. Make sure to give a like and subscribe and a follow to Fantasy Focused and TCK anywhere on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. And of course, on the Believe Podcast Networks, anywhere you listen to your podcast, leave a five star rate and review. All episodes are brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network and Bet Online, betonline.ag. We'll catch you next time. Have a great rest of your week and best of luck on your waivers. For my man, Bobby Lamarco, I'm Scott Guasco, and we are out of here. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.